Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the Hi guys, it's me, Dreadful Danji, on the Oddcast, as always, with the wonderful, special, spanking, shiny Sam Legasic. Hello, Sam. Oh, hello. How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? Feeling a bit under the weather, um, uh, yeah. I understand. Yeah, my um, allergies, my allergies have been playing up, <laughs> but luckily I've been eating uh, lots of jello. I've been, um, you know, I've been doing some um, sexual athletics. Don't need to hear about that. Put some lipstick on and uh, wearing plastic raincoats. Um, it's, it's great. That but, yeah. sounds like an absolutely bonkers week, but I'm not surprised. That is exactly the kind of thing I expect you to be doing in your uh, normal day-to-day life. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, we're yep. joking, listeners. We're joking. He's naming tracks from the album Pom Pom by Ariel Pink because that's today's subject that we're going to talk about. Um, Ariel Pink's 2014 album Pom Pom, one that I think both of us kind of consider to be his magnum opus. I know we're both mm. fans. Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a really big fan. Well, I still am. This was my, this made my number one album, if you remember. Yeah. We did our, if people want to go search back, to the albums of, uh, top albums of 2010s. Yeah, the whole this decade. This, yeah, the entire decade. This made my number one. Should we give a little listen as a bit of an intro for people who, who don't know? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
across the street. Um, yeah, my number one album of the 2010s, and probably one of my favorite albums of all time, just from that alone. Loved it. What about you, Dan? It's funny because it's like we, you were the one who got me into. Do you remember how you introduced me to Ariel Pink? No, not at all. Because <laughs> you don't you remember you, um, you had you wanted to go to a gig or whatever. Yeah. We're like, oh, we're going to whatever. And you said, basically, there's a choice. Oh, yeah. You're like, there's a choice between two people we can go and see. Yeah. Dead we Rider was one. I already had the tickets right. for Dead Rider. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Or we can go see Ariel Pink. Um, and you said, you know, have a look. Tell me which one you'd rather go to. And I remember looking at <clears throat> Ariel Pink. And I don't remember anything about Dead Riders, but I remember looking at Ariel Pink. And he was, because obviously, well, not obviously, but um, he looks very, he can look different from one shoot to another. He yeah. changes his look quite a lot. But this one he was wearing, he looked like a 70s, um, like glam rock yeah, kind of like weirdo. Um, glam trash like, look. That's right. Yeah. And it was like this like onesie, like um, like an ABBA style, like <laughs> suit. And he was just laying down trying to look sexy. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then uh, listen to some of the tracks. And I think, I think this was on that tour, right? So I probably listened yeah. to some of this album. I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. Yeah. Let's go to that one. And I remember you saying, oh, you were like, Ariel Pink might be more interesting because he tends to be, um, it's a bit Brian Jonestown. It tends to be like some drama on stage and whatever. Yes. He has arguments with people, whatever. And um, all the levels have to be right and stuff. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go to that. Let's do it. And that was in the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. It was, um, yeah. I remember that gig well. Yeah, I can't believe right, I left a decision of such magnitude in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was lucky yeah. you did because um, I think I made the right <laughs> the right choice. Yeah, I still feel a bit sad. I never saw Dead Rider, and I still haven't oh, seen God. them. And um, they're a really good <laughs> band. You should uh, check them out. Kind of a bit more like noisy, experimental indie angular rock band. But, well, um, I could have gone a lot differently. Our lives could have yeah. gone so much differently. That was Would a cool because we also saw Harry Merry that night for the first time. He was That's a right. support act. That's right. And um, for those who don't know, like Bethnal, I don't think I have been there before or since Bethnal Green working. Actually, maybe I did go once afterwards, but it is literally like not people in America or wherever, well, well people in fucking England, I'm probably going to know what working men's clubs are. They're basically like little working class social get together houses, basically. Yeah. But everything looks like, Generally speaking, I mean, they can all look different, but generally speaking, it's like, an, they look like old um, meeting halls, like pub lookouts, like all, I don't know, how would you, how would you say it? Like, it's like brown panelling Brown panelling, that's it, yeah, and like green carpet yeah. kind of thing. It's that kind of vibe. This sort of 50s looking, or even older. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it probably is a bit older. Um, so that's the kind of vibe you go. So it's really weird because then mm. you've got, what well, it's essentially like what you'd expect, like a fucking school orchestra band or something to play and then um yeah you've got you know, like a school hall yeah and then you've got ariel ping if you remember like we walked in and ariel was just like by his own merchandise store just kind of sitting yeah. there and looking a like, bit surly oh. yeah and it's like oh buy the lyrics to whatever and i remember us going like or maybe it was me i can't remember just basically it's like a fat cook bang because he had like he's like real like pot tummy kind of like yeah hanging out and i think you were saying like oh he's um He's been a bit uh, bloated from drugs or something. I can't remember. <laughs> um, something like that. And then, yeah, we saw Harry Merry play. 
And for those that don't know, it's kind of a running joke with me and Dan because um, it's this like old man, like middle-aged old man, um, like fat, weird-looking guy dressed as a little sailor boy singing songs that are just fucking weird. Astonishing. That was... Mm. My jaw dropped when I first heard... When when he walked on stage, I thought, hello, what's it? This yeah, is going to be good. Yeah, happen, yeah. And then the yeah. music, I've never heard anything like it before. Mm. So... I do, I do think he's great. And since then, I've seen him live again and I've bought quite a few of his records and things. Yeah, well, we weren't sure, like, whether it was a joke yeah. or not. Because I, yeah. I was like, this is, is this, like, yeah, like, like supposed to be a comedy act thing or is he taking it seriously? But we found out afterwards that it's very much a, I suppose there is an element of humour to it. But, um, it's, I think he's aware there's still a bit of something tongue-in-cheek. But, yeah, it, it creates a, a bit of a tension yeah. It's, it's slightly it's antagonistic like, in a way. Yeah, it is. Because it's not like, oh, isn't this shit? It's like, these are songs that he genuinely has put together. Yeah. Like, um, but he did like a TED talk. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> when you listen to the music, it's actually quite complex. But it's like the whole presentation is so idiosyncratic and designed mm. to... I think, you know, your immediate take is, oh, it seems quite rudimentary and puerile. Yeah. And like it's the sound is quite horrible from this like cheap keyboard. Yeah. But the songs themselves are really actually very well crafted. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Yeah. It definitely takes it in another dimension, but we're not here to talk about Harry Mary. No. But, um, <laughs> when, when Ariel Pink came on stage, um, I think we will do a Harry Mary episode in the future. But when Ariel Pink came on stage and started playing, if you remember, it was just this fucking wall of noise. It was so, and it's the only time ever I've been to a gig where in between songs, the audience is shouting, turn it down. Yeah. Because it was it was crazy how loud it was. Yeah. And if you remember, there was one of the keyboardists, just you just couldn't hear him you just, at all. No. And he, he was, I couldn't he, hear anything. And he knew it. He knew it. And he was there. He was just like shrugging it off, like whatever. Just standing and doing Oh, it. yeah, he was, wasn't he? Because people, <laughs> yeah, people like petitioning him. And he was literally yeah. going, shrugging his shoulders, can't do anything about it. You're yeah. right. I mean, it was it was the loudest ever, and it was just like not fun because music actually you want to you want to hear it and enjoy it. Yeah, and it's quite busy, and especially live, there's a lot mm. going on, and it was yeah. just it was just it was just noise. It was just a muddy big load of noise. It, it got yeah. a little bit better towards <laughs> the end. I think they must have done something, but despite that, we obviously went away and continued to listen to Ariel Pink's music, and we've seen him again since, haven't we? And it was excellent. Yeah, that was a real, real change. Also, do you remember from that gig? Because he took his shirt off, if you remember. It was really fucking hot in there. And some kid at the front, like, slapped his stomach or whatever. <laughs> and he got really pissed off. Don't you remember? No, I don't remember that. He got really fucked off. And then he started, like, bashing, like, some of the fans' heads together. Not, not like, proper, like, trying to push them together because he just got so annoyed with the person doing it and said in between the songs, you know, I'm here to fucking do whatever and... You know, you guys are fucking doing this. That he got really fucking pissy and arsy um, about it. Uh, no surprise, really. Um, I remember yeah. him saying something about um, like buy more records. You guys are meant to be the people that are interested in buying my records, or any other. Yeah, you're the fans. Well, uh, yeah, I remember him also saying, I, "I bet you didn't think there were this many people that liked Ariel Pink." <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and then yeah, we went to see him at Heaven. I remember that specifically yeah. because of the song as well. Um, which is for people who don't know, heaven is an actual venue, basically for a start, rather than the working men's club. 
um that was really uh that's um like a more of a gig gig um in a, in a good yeah. way, obviously and uh he had got like this is when he was going through he's like short black hair and he was a bit more doled up and whatever taking things a bit more seriously i guess um and yeah, yeah that was that was uh, uh that was really great and funny enough um what's his name george elbrecht or whatever was the support act if you remember um who i was in contact with a little bit for like oh, yeah, 10 I minutes um and it's him like on a chair and we weren't really sure what was happening and it was like he had like a doctor standing next to him or something uh, which was quite cool um, and then, yeah, Ariel came on and did his whole bit. And I remember um, I went back and was reading on Twitter, um, you know, just on the way home, just looking at what people were posting about it. And there was loads of people like going like, oh, he came on to the encore and just did all this new stuff we haven't heard before. Just play the hits, man. And I was like, those were actually of his first album, which <laughs> um, which is some of the uh, some of my favourite uh, tracks. So, yeah. They for me, those are the hits. Like yeah. being a real pretentious like dick. But, um it's like, oh, but still, but still. Um it's like, what the fuck is it with these people? It's like they don't even know having a go at him, like, oh, what's all this new stuff? Will we play? It's like, no, it's actually really fucking old stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about him. A lot of his new stuff, he actually recycles really old stuff that's quite True. obscure. Yeah. Um But so why then today are we talking about pom pom of all the records yes. that we could be talking about? Finally getting around to it. What makes it stand <laughs> out above the others for you? Um, I guess, like, for me, it was a breath of fresh air in terms of... I hadn't really heard anything like this before, um, you know, or since, really, apart from it, him again releasing um, similar stuff. But it's such, like, a melting pot, different sounds, different, um, you know, songs, melodies, different production... Some of them are just like, they're all like super catchy in their own way, which is great. Um, some of them are like funny, um, you know, have like spoken word, like jokey kind of stuff in it. Yeah. Um, some of them are just are like pure, like incredible, just like pop songs. Um, but it's just weirdly experimental, but in the weird confines of just being completely transfixingly mainstream and yet not mainstream. And I think that's why it's such an oddity is that it sounds like it could be a pop record from any era of <laughs> contemporary yeah. music. Um, yeah. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. Like you say, it's just that like melting pot of 60s, 70s and 80s kind of styles. There's some indie, there's some funk, disco, some metal kind of riffs, some really cool like 80s gothic kind of rock stuff going on. Mm. It's kind of like, it's a bit of an over overused analogy, but it's like a white album kind of vibe. Yeah. Where, you know, I, I like, I'm an album orientated listener. I like albums that are consistent and have a flow. But I also like kind of these like weird grab bag albums that are kind of mm. like all over the place and cover lots of different grounds. And that's what's so cool about the White Album. Like you could make a one disc White Album that was really solid. Yeah. You know, and probably like maybe, maybe in, by many people's opinions, a better album, cut the weaker material, you know. But I think like what's so cool about the White Album is that it's just like, no, we're going to give you everything across the spectrum. And I feel like that's what he does here. Yeah. And I think, you know, like the artwork kind of reflects that of just like being just pink, pink with then yeah. like pom-pom in in black with like some glittery writing but it's kind of, it feels like a statement album like this is me 
everything, you know, every, all the music I've made to this point has brought me here. Yeah. And this is like my big statement. Um, yeah. 17 songs, I think. Yeah, 17 um, songs. Just covering. Which is crazy. She's huge. Absolutely right. like, yeah. That's, that's part of it is that like going back and listen, me listening to this album for this episode, it's, I forgot. That's part of the reason why I like it is because it just feels like you're spoiled. Yeah. Choice, basically. Yeah. There's just so much to choose from. But you're right as well, like in terms of like, you know, the whole this is me thing. Um, because but preceding this, it was like Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti um, yeah. for, for the most part. And it obviously kind of experimented in different um, uh, names, really. But that's kind of his whole his whole thing with Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti. But this was like Ariel Pink. Like, as you said, this is me, this is him. Um, yeah. And I do think it's a, it's a statement. And it's also like if um, it's the production here, even though like the previous albums have been produced properly, but the production here just feels like another level and because it's so different. It feels like a lot of time and a lot of consideration has been taken to these tracks um, like never before. That, yeah. Uh, he's done, um, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though, I mean, so this was his third album with 4AD. Um, so the first one was uh, Before Today, which, as you said, was yeah. under the name Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti. That came out in 2010. Incredible album as well. Yeah. Um, followed that up 2012 with Mature Themes. Yeah. Um, and both these albums, you know, very new kind of sound for him. Um, people sling around this term lo-fi in a really lazy fashion, and it's not lo-fi at all, is it? It's very carefully constructed. Um I think, you know, people use that for his recordings, you know, bedroom recordings. Yeah, um, his very early stuff. But yeah. this 4AD area, area? Era. <laughs> era. era, yeah. <laughs> um, really I mean, like sparkling, amazing production. Yeah. And like we said before, that attention to detail and understanding of all these various subgenres, being able to pull all of that together um, really authentically and like string all these weird parts together in ways that you don't expect. So he's already kind of like got that sound and I really like that commercial, more commercial, cleaner sound. Um, so we've had it on these two albums and it feels like, yeah, this is where it culminates in maybe an even more considered and more serious kind of body of work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But what um, about that early stuff leading up to it? I think You're a lot more familiar with it than I am. Yeah, it's, um, I, yeah, it's with um, how... So the Doldrums, which was his first record, which was, if you if you want to say that, like it's quite hard to pinpoint what a first record is for him. But in terms of like his first yeah. commercial release, um, which was with the Animal Collective um, guys, um, yeah, poor uh, tracks, yeah, yeah. Um, and they kind of discovered him, right? He got he managed yeah. to get a tape to them, and they were like, right. "Let's get it out." Yeah, well, he gave, he gave the if I remember rightly, he gave them the Doldrums which yeah. he had made during his art college, whatever days or whatever. Um, and he gave them that and they just stuck it on the tour bus whilst they were driving around. And apparently they kept coming back to it and they were like, we've just become weirdly obsessed with this. And I have exactly that same feeling. So the doldrums, if you <laughs> listen to, if you listen to the doldrums now, I think we should do it on one of our future episodes. But if you listen to it now, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? And why would anyone like this yeah. <laughs> um, kind of thing? But then it is, strangely mesmerizing and I come back to it 
um, quite often, like fairly often, probably more so than um, pom-pom, weirdly, um, just because it's the certain aesthetic, the low fineness, as you say, um, it's quite nice just to have on. It's very, it can be very ambient. Mm. Um, I quite enjoy that production of it um, and all this stuff. But yeah, so that um, uh, that early stuff was, yeah, very very um very very different and like the drums for instance are just him like banging on a suitcase um mm. it's crazy uh but yeah so um but pom-pom yeah as you were saying like everything's led up to like where you know he'd had some mild success with uh like round and round yeah um yep. for instance and all and all this and a couple of others um round and round was like didn't pitchfork call it like their best song of the year yeah, or something? It's their song of the year or something that's right yeah. yeah um and it got a fair bit of airplay so everything uh was leading up to this basically um yeah. to this big release and, and i think at this point 4ad probably been like okay well let's you know stick some money behind it get him touring with a proper band um yeah. and you know, let's kind of do this properly as it were um and what a great result what a great result yeah it's not often artists go from like being totally independent to joining a you know 4ad they're not considered a major but they're a bloody big label Mm. um so actually you know actually worked out you know in terms of his sound and the product sure like you say i like that early stuff and i like i like that sound generally in other artists Uh, that like homespun yeah DIY but this is like a totally different thing this is all like you know I love it's colourful in your face cartoonish almost yeah. yeah big hooks big melody it's like pom pom it's just like cornucopia you know yeah like a kaleidoscope colourful melodies sound textures really interesting textures that's the other thing as well it's yeah. not just the songwriting is it it's all this interesting uh production these decisions yeah. that go into it that makes it makes it what it is so um yeah, definitely a lot happening should we um have a little bit of a listen and then move into a discussion song by song track and break track. it down the sky was white and back and polka dotted it must have been So the album kicks off with Sam, plastic raincoat. <laughs> God, fucked up already. <laughs> plastic raincoats in the pig parade. Um, I thought it was in the pink parade. Oh, when did you find out it was pig parade? Uh, just now. <laughs> <laughs> when I actually bothered bothered to look at it. Um, yeah, in, I've just never really looked at it properly. Um, so yeah, and now it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was the Pink Parade, which for me kind of made more sense because yeah. it's his album and it's the yeah. Pink Parade. You thought it was like, this is the intro to my... Exactly. My Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, that's exactly what I was Pink thinking. Parade. Uh, yeah, it feels like very celebratory. Um, it's uh, a little bit silly. It's a little bit fun. Yeah. It's got, as you said, that childish, cartoonish nature. Yeah, it sounds um, like something from a kid's it. record from the 70s. Yeah. A lot of um, it. It does, yeah. It's got some weird sound effects and stuff which kind of comes through on this album. Um, yeah, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think it's a really cool one to kick off because it gives you a little bit of everything that we're going to get, but it's definitely not the strongest song on the album, which is good, I think. I think I don't think you should put the strongest song at the beginning of an album because then you just got disappointment for the rest of the running yeah, time. True. So I like this gives you a good song and it's like this is everything that is going to be going on mostly in this album. Um, I saw at the time some reviewers kind of saying like lyrical content's a bit ob- like obnoxious um and kind of like drug related but i've never really understood the metaphors that are going on there but this was co-written with kim fowley right so here's, here's kim fowley again yeah so he he co-writes a lot of this uh i think there's like five or six songs and he died shortly after i think he died maybe just before it came out and he was oh, that's right, yeah he was, he was one of the producers he, wasn't he well he he was like a he was an empresario let's say he released his own music, which I really need to check out. But he was the manager of the um, the Runaways, I think, right. Joan Jett and, and that that lot. Yeah, and um, and a lot of people have said some quite bad things about him. Oh, really? About his conduct. I think he's been accused of like various sleazy behaviour. Um, but yeah, like in the seventies, he was he was really into all this like experimental stuff. Um, yeah, he's just a guy, a weird and interesting guy, but he seems to have always been kind of, I think like managing bands or like pulling the strings involved in production, but he has had his own sort of like career as a recording artist as well. So this is basically like the last, I think, bit of his work was co-writing these songs. I think he contributed lyrics as well. I don't think he sort of like sat down with Ariel Pink and they actually wrote this music together. Well, I think, yeah, I've, I vaguely remember reading somewhere that Nude Beach of Go-Go and Jello was literally like, he wrote the melody and the, the stupidity of it and Ariel Pink just said it to herself. Um, That's quite telling because they both really sound like 60s kind of surf rock. Yeah. Yeah, very um, much so. Um, which again, yeah. I think he kind of like, he's from that era, the 60s and yeah, they feel quite authentic there and they they there's nothing else quite like those songs on the album no they are the ones that um stand out as the most yeah most childish um and cartoonish and yeah silly i keep using the same words but it it is a good analogy basically (laughs) what the tracks are but yeah i quite like this like it's, it's it's fairly catchy um it's a bit silly as we're saying it's uh I quite like the whole like boom do 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 like you're watching like an old fucking Beatles um I don't know like uh yellow submarine or something like that um I don't know it's weird but it, and it's quite a nice little intro it's very happy and I think that's also part of this song and yeah. I think maybe that's you know that whole idea of a pom pom is that you know when you think of like cheerleading and all this stuff it's very like big smiles happy stuff like upbeat positive um and that's pretty much throughout, uh, like, I'd say a good 80% of the album, at yeah. least. Yeah, but then it's tempered by, get to me, there's just like something a bit bit weird and maybe a bit like seedy going on in this song. Oh, so yeah. it's all like bright and happy and cheery. It's like this idea of being in a pig parade. Yeah. Something kind of like, I don't know what it is, crass or gross about it. Not really quite sure what he is going on about, but feels like something dirty to me <laughs> yeah maybe 
Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, um, cool. Then we get the next song, and uh, let's have a little bit of it. And it is White Freckles. <laughs> freckles where'd you get them where'd you get those um this is one of my favorite tracks on the on the entire album to be honest i like how i like the melody i like that it's um weirdly quite dark in a strange Mm. way um and the way Mm. it just kind of speeds up at the end as well um uh and i think I, i think part of the main reason i like it is the the way the melody of the words, it's like tripping up over itself. Yeah, it's um, manic. Yeah, it's completely manic. And I quite like the idea of it. It's like so fast. Um, and it's just, yeah, again, it's just a bit of uh, it's a bit fun. I like how you've got the difference between like the earlier part, which is all it's kind of a bit slower. Um, and it's kind of quite cool and he sounds quite distant and aloof. Yeah. And then it's just like, bam, you're into this like manic bit where, like you say, it's just like racing away. Yeah. Um, it feels, yeah. To, to me, it's kind of like madcap, bonkers kind of sound. That, again, it's kind of, that is the, the, the sound of the album. Yeah. It's crazy. I just, yeah, it's like, I don't know how he does it as well. And he, he does this a lot with his, um, with his tracks where there's, like how you get an earworm usually is the repetition of the same melody Mm. again, but with him, like across an entire like bar basically of music, it it just goes everywhere and anywhere. And it might start from like a different, it might start halfway through the bar on the next bar or whatever and all this. So it's, um, it's really weird. It's one of those things I always think of, and you're going to be like, whatever, but um, I think that's part of the reason why I, subconsciously really likes like early Biffy Cairo fucking hate them now but the early <laughs> stuff because yeah. it felt like there were so many intricate little parts and you listen to it enough and it's still hooky enough that it gets into your memory yeah. that the fact that you know those details like scratches like an OCD kind of part of you if that makes okay. sense because it's so complicated in its own weird way and yeah. yet you're nat- you naturally know it um, it's, I don't really know how else to describe it. It's, it's very strange, but with this, it's like, you know, it's like, if, if you're doing that to anyone else, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? How's that song? It's just a bunch of fucking weird notes put together. Um, but it is, it does it catch. It's really catchy. And yeah, just that, you know, where it slows it down for that first and then it gets all like, 70s and sexy and like yeah yeah um it's great and uh i think as well like the use of the backing vocals um which he does which is really good because usually it's him whoever but on on the on this album it's um he's used like uh, women and uh actual other vocalists and whatever that adds as you said like a bit of texture to it makes it feel a bit different rather than him doing strange voices which is normally what it is 
um, yeah. as his backing vocals. Um, yeah. Should we mention um, one of the contributions on this album is from uh, Soko, who's a mm. French singer, songwriter, and actress, I think. Um, so Ariel Pink then also appeared the next year um, on two songs on her album, My Dreams Dictate My Reality, which I quite like. It's uh, more of a sort of dream pop album than this one. Um, I think I've heard it. Oh, you yeah. should check it out. Check it out. There's one song in particular that Ariel is on called um, Love Trap. I think right. he co-wrote it as well. I really like that. I'm guessing they were going out at that time. I, uh, who knows? <laughs> right. I remember um, I remember her saying something about, like, if you watch the video for Love Trap, she she's kind of, like, dressed up as him. Okay. And he was meant to come to the music video shoot and he just he just didn't turn up. Right, sounds so right. So she was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to do it myself. <laughs> I think she was like, yeah, he kind of let me down and everything. But I think she wasn't like too hard on him, but she was kind of like, he's a bit of a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, doesn't, uh, does not surprise me. Um, yeah, but yeah, I really love this song. It's kind of comes out of nowhere. I think after that first like big like, yeah, woo, kind of uh, plastic raincoats. And now you're like, okay, now seriously, we're into like, the songs, as it were. Yeah. Now we're into the music. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really strong second track. But then with track three, I think things get even more serious with a pretty dark track. Let's hear a little bit. It's Foreshadows. Shadows is that a wordplay, Sam? That this song foreshadows some horrible incident. That's the only way um, I can think of it. Um, for yeah, it's, I think it's uh, you've got four shadows, and then Eclipse around the those shadows the are skins, Ooh. and they make up humans. So actually, it is literally four shadows. Of four skins. <laughs> yeah, this is like, again, this is a very production heavy um, song. And it's a bit weird, like that kind of, that oi oi kind of intro. Yeah. Um, and it's all, as you said, it's all like dark and now it's all kind of like weirdly electro gothic or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's really strange. And then you've got this oi punk gang vocal. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, yeah, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, I really, I, I love it. Um, this is my favourite song at this point in the album. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, I like the darkness of it. Um, and again, it's just got like a really nice kind of like groove. Yeah. As well as the melody, it's that groove really gets into me. Yeah, um, I like his, uh, I like his vocals here as well. Like the whole like, yeah. it's all like dramatic and, you know, I don't want to say meatloaf, but that kind of like, <laughs> you know, that kind of Shakespearean kind of like, you can feel it. It's like a Baroque baritone, a bit like the one that Kurt Cobain adopts on that Top of the Pops performance of Smells yeah. Like Teen Spirit when he's taking yeah. this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it, actually. I do love it when Errol Pink kind of plays up on all these these kind of like genres. It's very much like, it's, it's a pastiche. Um, I imagine some people hear it and just kind of like roll their eyes and think it's a bit silly, but 
for me, it just works. It works yeah. with the music, you know, it works contextually with, you know, how nutty the music is. Yeah. That's the thing is that, and this is kind of, this track is quite evident of that, is that um, some people might listen to it. And again, it's kind of talking about Harry Murray earlier and think it's like a joke track, but I'm like, no, it, it might be a joke track, but I don't think, I think it's a, how do I put this? Like, because it's such, it's taken from so many areas, it becomes almost like a parody, but that's not to say that it's supposed to be not, um, that's not to say it's supposed to be like a joke song. It's more that it is actually a genuinely really fucking good song yeah. that uses a lot of maybe tropes from different parts of music put together that your brain is kind of, is weirdly assembling from different parts of like your listening history. Um, yeah. It's making you, making you feel the feels. I don't know. How yeah, no, it. totally. And that, that's actually so fundamental, I think, to his sound. And we haven't mentioned that yet is that, all of those sounds touch on some aspect of like nostalgia buried in your yeah. brain. So even though, yeah, he's written these great songs and there's this like really interesting production, then there's this like extra layer where it's like, I'm enjoying that just for the, just for the nostalgic pangs that I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. I hear it lots of, I hear lots of things from like 1980s kids, movie soundtracks or like the idents from an old VHS or all this kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah and this yeah and this is um yeah it feels like it's one, it's one of those it's it's hard to put your finger on it um but it works hey if it if it works it works so then we're on to track four uh which yeah. is lipstick Lipstick, um, not a cover of the infamous Rocket from the Crypt song. Lipstick. I love that, was it? <laughs> Sam, Sam bought me a, you bought me a CD single of Lipstick as a birthday present <laughs> once. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm so glad that stuck out <laughs> in, in your memory. She don't wear makeup, only red lipstick. God. Um... It's not that song at all. It's not. It's a, it's a different one that Thank he's written God. on his own. He's written on his bloody own Um This is, I would say, the most easily accessible track on the album. So when I first listened to this album, this was the track that I would always go back and replay again and again. Because mm. for one thing, it is fucking cool. It's a cool track and it uses those can, can, those kind of um, pan pipe sounds that like yay sayer use a lot or used to anyway um hmm. maybe i'm making that up but it's got that whole kind of like it's funky it's groovy it's kind of especially like post i don't know it's like almost like a bit synth wavy but not quite um which i obviously quite like but it's all like purposefully supposed to be like yeah like moody and sexy and i love it and it's great and it's just got very great sexy synth sound yeah I think this is where as well we get this kind of like that breezy sound introduced on the album that makes me think of like cheesy 1980s, like California games. Um, and this whole kind of like Japanese city pop sound. Yeah. Um, where actually everything's kind of 
it's pop music that's been taken to the nth degree and made so processed and saccharine mm. um, that it almost comes out the other side as this like new art form. Um, yeah, he's kind of grafting that into here as well, I think. Yeah. Um, what's going on lyrically? Yeah, something like he's killed someone and it's yeah. all a bit like sexy again. Like there's a lot of like, he does mix up a lot of like sex and death and yeah. things like that. Everything, everything's a little bit sexy, whether it's for good or bad, um, especially in the next track, which we'll come on to. But um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, I don't really know what's what the kind of meaning behind it is, uh, other than it's almost like about serial killer or something. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I just often, I mean, I never think about it long enough to actually look it up or think about it. But every time I hear it, I'm like, "What's all this about then, eh?" So yeah, I just <laughs> like to, I get your take on it. Yeah, that's what that's what I think. Anyway, um, we're pretty much in the same in the same area there. Something funny's going on but we can't quite put our finger on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, this is definitely that I would say it's like, it's effortless. It's effortless, effortlessly cool. And it yeah. is the one track. If someone's like, if you think someone's like, you know, your normal average Joe or whatever, and you talk about Ariel Pink and they want to hear a track, this is normally one of the tracks that I would stick on and be like, yeah. take a listen to this. Because I think it's hard not to like it. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a good intro. Good intro to anyone mm. looking to get into Mr. Pink. Um, <laughs> the next one. Mr. Pink. Mr. Yeah. Pink. Like you said, uh, more violence and mm. yet somehow not enough. Let's hear a bit. <laughs> good song i love this yeah i get so this excited is this is this is a long one but it feels it doesn't feel long but there's something epic about it i love mm. that intro with like this kind of like sound of like ticking clocks, clocks. yeah and it's, well, it's, get, it's like, like time's running out yeah 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 time is up something's coming something exciting is yeah. happening here yeah um it's drawing you into its know. world already like you're full like you're alice falling down the fucking rabbit hole or something and all these little clocks yeah 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 that's what <laughs> like i imagine you. yeah or like i'm in a dali painting it just yeah something it sets it's like yeah a really surreal kind of tone mm. for what is actually then quite a cool like kind of electro 70s rock kind of song yeah yeah i don't uh, know well, yeah, not that straightforward is it no it's weird it's like if it like it's weird because there's so much, there's just so much going on in this song. So you've got like, 
these heavily kind of compressed slash slightly distorted, I guess, through the compression, whatever, vocals, which sound fucking cool. The drums are super heavy to this track as well, which kind of yeah makes it slightly tribal. Not I'm going to go that far, but like it keeps yeah. it like driving. It feels like there's something under it. There's and a lot then, of four on it. Yeah. And then it's got that weird, there's, there's the, I can't remember the word for it, but it's that instrument where it's like, and I don't know if it is this, where you, um, it's like a electric uh, field. Jerem- huh? Electrotheremin. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So it's like that. Yeah, there's a high pitched thing that, going on. Yeah, it's so weird. But that, um, that noise, I should say, that sound against the music going on, like does like, stuff to my brain it releases some kind of weird endorphin because it's like yeah because it doesn't match up and yet it does and it's it's like your brain is working to try and marry it up and because it's that wavelength is distorting slightly it can't yeah. quite do it and it's kind of creating a weird harmony i think like as well um and i'm going into it a little bit here but like that's how a lot of like um shoegaze and like my bloody valentine specifically kevin shields yeah. I think that's the kind of effect that he has, where it's literally the effect he has where he like uses his whammy bar where it's like where he's like going over and under where it's supposed to be. And it's kind yeah. of drawing you in and make it and he's done that on a very smaller kind of scale with that in particular, but you're but it's still having the same effect where your brain is trying to like marry up the harmony almost. Yeah, but I love that. And then over, and that's just one part of it. That's just one yeah. fucking, that's just one part of the entire song. And then you've got this like big, you know, fertilizer. And you've got I this love great. love that massive chorus. Yeah. And you've got these like great harmonies on top. Um, and him like, and it's all a bit like, he's kind of got that David Bowie swagger mm, and all that yeah, um, yeah. around it. Uh, and the whole thing is basically, talking about it's weird because it's like he did i did read an interview ages ago i should have really researched this better before i came in but i did read ages ago about it's basically uh, on the surface it's about um us as humans basically being uh factories to make babies um right uh and that's it of the um what is it fertilizer and the uh, body farm or something like that so the idea is that we're like we're having sex now to just reproduce and that's kind of what's going on and yet there's in his head it's like there's not enough there's not enough violence like that's all we're doing like we're not um we're not shaking up the world enough we're just continuing to exist and we're just becoming we're just becoming fucking factories women are just becoming factories to give birth to more human power plants yeah um or whatever whatever it is i can't remember the exact lyrics yeah and um i never twigged that yeah, and the idea that. is that it's like, shake things up a bit. It's not enough violence. Like, come on, fuckers. That's, you know, what are we doing here? What are we doing on this earth if we're not going to cause some shit kind of thing? Uh, I'm glad you explained that because I've always had a hunch that it might be about the body farm. But um, <laughs> I, the, I don't know if you know, the body farm is, um, when I worked in publishing, actually, we had a series of books, like the body farm thrillers about some guy who, so body farm is where they take corpses Right. And they basically just like watch them decay. Right. Who's and they? from that, uh, the feds. <laughs> okay. They're in America. 
Got nothing better to do. But. It's quite, yeah. <laughs> Dress it up as science when actually it's just a, a sick hobby. Yeah. They, they sit there furtively masturbating, masturbating. watching them decay. Um, <laughs> no, what they're actually doing, they're, they're following a very specific scientific process of analysis and by watching like the rate of decay and things like this, they can ascertain details about, about how a person was killed. Right. Okay. So it's just not like yeah, there are these, cat or whatever. These body farms. So I was like, oh, right. when we power plant bodies and then the backing vocal is on the body farm, apparently. Although it doesn't sound right. like it. It just sounds like... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite hard with these lyrics sometimes. It feels like he's just kind of saying things that fit <laughs> rather than... Yeah. Or the opposite, where he's trying to push in a lyric, and you're like, "Is he? Is that actually what he's saying?" Yeah, um, which know. is cool, actually. I mean, this isn't music that we listen to for great meaning, is it? And I like that it's just kind of words that, that work. Yeah, um, but it's cool. Like that, yeah. There's a bit of deeper meaning in, in some of these. Yeah, it's great. I haven't figured that. It's great, and the, uh, the the bass and the drums, you know, do 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 do. do. You're just, I'm just like, I'm in. It's like just that yeah. in itself. It's just hooky as fuck. It's great. I love it. This is one of my favourites on the album for sure. Mm, yeah, same here. Uh, definitely. Then we get a song, very different mm. tonal shift. Um, apparently co-written by your pal, yeah, George, Jorge Elbrecht. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Put your number. Put in your my number. Phone. Put your number in. You know, you know my name. I'm not, not going to call it. But. Give me the number. <laughs> Let's have a listen. There's magic in the air. The night sky that you face like a mystery left uncovered. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Put your this number one. in my phone. Yeah, yeah. This this one had a music video. So this was kind of used as a uh-huh. sort of promotional hook for the album. Um, what do you think about that? 
I think I've seen it. Is it literally where they're just like, it's Ariel Pink just kind of dotting around like LA or whatever, like yeah. on the street, trying to get some girl to, like literally some girl putting a number. In. I remember, I think I've seen it and it's just so fucking like Is he in a wheelchair filmish. though? Yeah. I think he's in a wheelchair and he's dressed up to the nines and all that. Oh, LA maybe I'm of trash gear. Okay. I don't remember being in a wheelchair. All right, maybe I haven't seen it. Probably. I think maybe you're thinking of um, In My Dreams. Yes, I am thinking of In My Dreams. That's right. Yeah. I think this one, this one's like it's pretty similar, really, frankly. Um, right. But yeah, I think I think he's like met her somewhere, but he's in a wheelchair. I can't quite remember <laughs> yeah. if that's right. Yeah. And then it's she's random. pushing him around. Well, it's funny because the whole fucking George or Jorge, whatever you say, Elbritz, his whole thing that we saw was him in a fucking wheelchair. Oh yeah, it was all about like medical. Yeah, with the fucking nurse and the thing, and there was like. The dancer you thought um, you knew, like at the front, you know, face is all bandaged up or whatever. Yeah, um, that was really good. I want to check. I want to re-listen. Go back to those songs that he played. Um, but yeah, he uh, apparently co-wrote this, and I, I know they're mates and whatever. Um, but this is very like twee. Um, yeah, I'd say it's very like light and poppy. Yeah, um, so it's just a piece of bubblegum pop. Yeah, not in a bad um, way. It's still no. like. Um, it's still, I still think it's quite nice and catchy and like yeah. breezy. And it's got yeah. that cool little bit where it's like, and I do like, it depends what it is, but like sometimes when they have these little like, you know, um, hey, Ariel, this is blah, 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 whatever she says. Yeah. And all that. Um, I do quite like that. Uh, it's yeah. not the first time that he's put in like, I mean, I'm not, this is probably a fake one, I imagine. But um, I remember like in, uh, what is it? I can't remember which um, track it is where he put his dad his dad left him a voicemail or whatever, so talking about speeding or parking tickets or whatever. Um, so I like the way he uses things like that, that uh, you know, I don't know, that's just a bit silly and a bit fun. Um, it's very cheesy and it's very sort of like teen, teen melodrama. Yeah. And it's very similar to that song Love Trap right. that he did with Soko because there's something in there where <laughs> it's like a break and you hear this dialogue of like, Ariel, don't hurt me that way. And yeah. We, is this going to happen? And don't break okay. my heart. It's, and you're like, I can't believe they're actually, they've been able to do this with a straight face. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like, they they push it and just do it, do it so straight that you kind of like, you, know, you buy into it. that whole like 90210 kind of vibe. Yeah. And that's, that's what this what's is. happening here a bit. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what this is. It's very, it's like poppy. And again, like you could listen to any of these tracks in independently from one another and you would never be able to guess the album, if you know what I mean, what album yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to be like sitting on. But this feels like, and again, I really like the harmonies in this song, especially the chorus, um, uh, just and the melodies, I should say, especially the chorus where there's the harmonies. Um, it's just genu- generally a yeah, nice, bright song that comes on quite nicely after this big, epic, darker mm. number. Now we're kind of back to like the poppy side. Um, and to be honest, like we're now going into... I guess for the for the next like third or well, to be honest, like towards the latter half of the album, um, which is even though it's only six tracks, but you know what I mean, like where it starts, everything starts to get a bit more. I mean, it's already a bit surreal, but it starts to get a bit more like fun and and playful. I think yeah. we're starting to get more and more into that territory as the as the album goes on. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. This well, is, the next song continues with that poppy feel. Um, with track One Summer Night. Let's have a little listen. 
great song. This is one of my favourites, um, especially in terms of like the, the kind of pure pop songs. Mm. Um, it really feels like something from like a, a package holiday in the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> Someone would get up and sing it on stage for all the like horrible blotchy red British families that have come on holiday. It really sounds like a, like a wedding singer or something. And he really lays that vocal on thick. Yeah. It's funny you say that because in my head, it's kind of like a Japanese karaoke thing. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's got that kind of vibe to it. It's yeah. The way he performs it is, is like someone trying to sing like an American or something like that, which is what was making you think. Yeah. Like, One summer night. Whatever it's like. Yeah. And it follows the melody specifically doesn't it like the vocal like you've got mm-hmm. ding 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 do, do, do. Yeah, and right. his vo- his vocal like the range of it it's almost like um like alan partridge or something when he can't he starts too high or something and then he can't get, <laughs> get high enough and then he has yeah. to go like really low instead yeah because then it's going higher yeah it's true yeah <laughs> but i really love that i find that really satisfying yeah, I do as well. And again, it's like, it's still super catchy. It's doing a lot of different things. It's going to places within the song that you didn't really expect it to. And that's the thing, like with some of these tracks, and this is kind of one of them, when it starts, you're like, oh yeah, okay, I remember. And then it gets to a bit where you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that bit was coming up kind of thing. And it's drawn me back yeah. in, even though I've listened yeah. to this album a million times. Um yeah. And it's still surprising hooks goes in surprising places. Yeah, because it's funny because when you said about that, da, 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 I was like, oh yeah, fuck, I totally forgot about that bit. But then, yeah. that's, you know, it's just all these like little great moments of genius each into, put into each song, and then all those put into it put into one album. Um, yeah, God, you lucky people who yeah. have, <laughs> have what you got in store for you. I think there's a note here as well where it's like it really hits me emotionally. It's really like achingly kind of like yearning and it's very earnest actually mm. i think a lot of people probably hear this and think you know it's kind of steeped in a layer of irony a lot of this stuff but i think his melodies they're quite they're quite sort of heartfelt yeah and they can I really actually push your buttons yeah i think he's because he's so fucking weird he lives in this world if that yeah. makes sense like so we're looking at this from an outsider's perspective and being like, oh, that's funny because it's like this or it's like that or it relates to this or it's, this seems like a silly lyric when I think he is enveloped in this kind of world where actually, as you mm. said, think these things are kind of actually quite heartfelt no matter how they're presented mm. um, or anything like that. It's just we find this kind of talent and madness, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know, like addictive, I guess, from perspective and as you said like weirdly earnest and yet we don't really know why but that's because he's able to do it with such confidence and belief that um and with such talent behind it that he pulls it off and makes it even more special yeah in a way as well if you kind of step back <laughs> from just enjoying the music as it's meant to be it's, it's almost like a, if he was a character in a film or a book it's basically like a guy who's grown up in the like post-war era of america and it's just like sponged in all these influences, mm. all these different types of musical genre um, from from the pop sphere, mm. mostly, um, and like TV and culture references. And it's kind of like that's his language now for expressing himself. Mm. And this is it. Um, 
But so it's always like, oh, it's a little bit, it sounds like a pastiche of this, or it's a little bit cheesy here, but um, actually it's very um, passionate, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, that said, the next song is New Beach of Go Go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, go, go. This is another um, co-write with Kim Fowley. Um, this is just silly tongue-in-cheek stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, pure like, <laughs> it's like you'd expect it like Austin Powers or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's again, it's uh, it's weird because it's got that kind of like, as you said, like surfer vibe, that sixties, swinging sixties or whatever. Um, but then it's kind of got a weirdly melancholic chorus. Um, yeah. and there's a weird yeah, melancholy kind of around it where it sounds actually a bit sad. So you've got this super, super like uber happy. Hey, here we are. Blah, blah, blah. New yeah. future go, go. Da, 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 no, no. And then, um, yeah. And then the chorus and all this stuff is like a little bit, um, it's sadder almost, but, uh, yeah, it's strangely, it's a bit nothing. It's a bit, it's a bit more throwaway. It's more, more throwaway ones of the, of the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's still something there, but it's not as, uh, it's not as endearing, I guess, as the other tracks. It's almost like something, like you said, you'd see on TV, but it's uh, it's like they've pulled back the curtain and actually the people performing it are like desperately unhappy and they're being forced to do it because they like, need the money or something. Yeah. They've also got like, it's also one of the, um, like the second verse or whatever is just a key change. Yeah. It just, just goes up, up a key. Um but yeah, yeah, forced to do it. Yeah, it's true. Like a Twilight Zone. Um, uh, yeah, I still like it though. Me too. Again, it's just another little nugget in the whole, the whole uh, oh, it's you with that toilet bowl. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Got, like whatever, let's say, whatever you said, like stick it in Mr. Pink, <laughs> a, a nugget in the hole. Like, what, is, what is going on? Arse related, <laughs> anal fixation. Going on uh, at the moment. Um, it's all in your mind, mate. It's not. Um, you're the one doing it. Let's uh, move on. Okay. Let's move on to... Um, we won't dwell on that that nugget. Let's move on to Gath Bomb. Oh, sorry, Gath Bomb. Yeah. What did you say, Gath Bomb? Dirty, dirty. Man. I said gut bomb. Which oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like. Um, uh, yeah, what do you think about Gotham? Um, it's okay. I think again, it's a bit one one note. This one, um, I like it, but it's one of the weaker songs. I think. Yeah, I like the um, the fact that he's doing something different here, like, and it's trying to be like. I don't know, like the seventies rock kind of thing element, to yeah. it, which is great. Yeah, it is kind of. Um, I love, probably like the song more than you do. I think um, 
I think I quite like the uh, melody, the vocal melody. I'm not too hot on all the guitar solo stuff. I know that's kind of part of the style of what this track is supposed to be, you know, going for. Um, but I don't mind it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's okay. I just quite like the, I like the way it speeds up towards the end, for instance. Um, it becomes yeah. that again, a bit like manic. Um, and it's trying to be like a bit, it's trying to be like almost epic, but it's not. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like give and take about it, but, um, I like the bit where they're singing, like, how can I ride the bus? How can I ride the bus? It makes me think of, um, the Ramones. Like, yeah. Pleased to meet you. One of us. Pleased yeah, yeah. to meet you. That's true. We're talking about, going, about going to the pinhead. Um, I think it might be something there as well, but yeah, that whole thing of like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the lyrics are, why can't I write? The, the words down right. And I quite yeah. like that. I like that lyric. That's cool. Um, and I like I like the melody of it. I like the way it rolls off the tongue. Um, I like the way he performs it. And I like the idea that he's just like, I'm just, I'm shit at writing lyrics or something. Like, why can't <laughs> I just do this right? Why can't I write the words down right? And even that sentence in itself doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> which is what's great. Yeah, I'm, I quite like it. It's like weirdly trying to be like a bit, yeah, like Rocky. I, I want to say that metally, but it's not. Um, and yeah, what do you think a goth bomb is? I think it's... Um, so uh, So let, let me just take that question and reframe it slightly okay. and give you a bit of context here. Because okay. um, one of the albums that I always thought of that this seems very similar to or must have been influenced by is Todd Rundgren. Um, a Wizard, a True Star, and also the album that came out after that, which was just called Todd. Um, It's very similar. It's this big smorgasbord of like all these different styles all crashing around together. Um, Lots of different songs, then like some short ones, longer ones. You never know what's coming next. And it's all about experimentation in the studio. And I actually mentioned this to someone who um, who's like friends with Ariel. Right. And I was like, is this basically his A Wizard of True Star? And she was like, I'll, I'll ask him. And she came back and was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see, <laughs> basically. Because a lot of people say like, oh, it's your like dark side of the moon and all that. And that, that's all like bloated, proggy. It's not, yeah. it's not the same. But Todd Rungan stuff's like, it's fizzing with energy. Okay. It's this and it's colourful. Um, but on the album Todd, he's got a song called Heavy Metal Kids, right. which has a very similar vibe to this, I think. Okay. And that it's kind of like suddenly you get this like the crunchy rock one. And basically he adopts the persona of this like surly teenager right. who's like really angry and basically like, I'm going to like blow everything up. Okay. I'm going to like screw up the whole world. And I feel like that's what a goth bomb is. It's like some guy who's like, I'm an artist, but I can't get the words out. Um, so I'm going to like, I'm going to drop a bomb on society or something. Yeah. I do think it's weird because it's like goth. <laughs> it's nothing gothic really about it. And then I think, is it because of the, what the people latch style. on? Yeah. Well, yeah, true. Actually, I suppose the vocal style is quite gothy. I was thinking, is it because of like, as well, the kind of way that emo has kind of absorbed goth as well? Yeah. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, should we go to the next one, which is, Perhaps the most experimental one. 
maybe. Probably the weirdest. Um, dinosaur Care Bears. I love this song. There's nothing else. There's nothing else out there like it. It's incredible. First time I heard it, couldn't get my head around it. Um, and I still, I was listening to it earlier, not just because I was listening to Pom Pom, but I think I've like included it in about three or four different mixtapes I've done for people over the years. Yeah. I think it's my go-to because it's just like so staggeringly weird. Yeah. Um, what do I like about it? I love... <sighs> like bonkers use of sampling in here mm. um all these weird like cartoon sounds like jabbering dialogue yeah um but that first half of it's also like incredibly catchy yeah um so yeah i mean this is a song of two halves right so let's just talk about that first half first mm-hmm. um i mean it's just yeah it's bubbling yeah and you, you just don't know where you are in the song or where it's going and yeah it's just so joyous and exciting yeah, what do you it's, think? It's it's like someone flicking channels in a TV <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, it's like you know you know what's happening or what's coming next um, or anything like that. Like that weird like mystical start where it's like, oh, you're in like you know Egypt or something, and then like, oh yeah, of course, whatever. And then yeah, and then you've got those weird like toys. And all this, like, it's just fucking. Exactly. It's like, you know, just thinking, what the fuck is going on? It's like a clash of that, which is like, to me, it's kind of like the sound of like crass commercial, like American 1980s kind of TV. Yeah, true. But there's still like, there's still a melody there. It's not like, yeah, oh, it's still great. It's not like a collage of just noise. No, no, no. There's still music there. But like culturally, like that to me is like 80s commercial America sound morphed, melded with this like, the like mystery of the Middle East. Yeah. Shining scimitars and like the advert for Turkish delight. Yeah. Like what an incredible collision of two completely disparate sounds. Amazing. I think that's what I love about it. Just like so astonishing to hear those things together and, and melded so well. Um, and it just sounds great. Yeah. Well, it's the, that second half. Mm. Um, the, and that's the thing. Whenever I listen to this album and I hear like that intro bit, I always think like, oh, I don't want to listen. I don't want two minutes of like listening to this bit or whatever. Like, you know. It's intense. Um, yeah. And then I always remember, ah, oh, but the second half, because like the last like two and a half minutes is just like, groovy fucking like you can imagine going to like a shish bar or something yeah um and it's like this you know, know good whatever some kind of smoky jazz not jazz but you know what i mean like yeah. smoky place or whatever which is like chill out and um and all this i'm like fucking hell that's 
it's just it's just great. Those just last two minutes, which that is a fucking sweet ass thing. And for some reason, you've stuck it at the at the second half of this weird experimentational um, noise fest, which is great. Which is you know, why not? Why not do that? Like, where else is it going to go? Kind of thing. But um, yeah. that's what I love about it. Yeah. I love that like um, juxtaposition of those two completely different pieces of music. Mm. Um, to me, I think it's like, it's based on Ethio jazz. Right. Um, and I think there's a song on, I can't remember which album it's on. Is it on Before Today or Mature Themes? Yeah, it's on um, Before Today. There's a song called Reminiscences. Right, yeah. Which is pure Ethio jazz. Oh, I can't remember which one that is. That, that is pure, 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 pure. So I think he's kind of taken that sound and like you said, he's made it a bit kind of like more like a funk, smoky kind of vibe to it as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very cool little two-minute piece of music, that. Uh, and again, just like adds another facet to the whole like experience of the album. Yeah. Sorry, I've, I just quickly used to tell what she's talking about. Yeah, it is... I, yeah, reminiscences is really, really good. Reminiscences. Um, I think that yeah, might even be a cover, of... you know. I don't yeah. know if he's credited as a songwriter on that, but it sounds very, very similar to something that's on one of the Ethiopeaks um, okay. compilation CDs. All right, yeah, it's very good. Um, and yeah, it's a weird title, Dinosaur Care Bears, because it does make <laughs> it kind of fit in with the toy part of the first half. Um more than anything else. And then you've got this weird, it's almost like he's test testing you. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like to get to a certain point, um, because you think people yeah. probably skip it by that point. And then here's like a, like a groovy track that you'd probably be expecting to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. It's like how much of this can you handle? Yeah. But I still like it. I still like that first half. Don't take anything away. Um, yeah, it's good. Well, I think I prefer the first half. But I think the, the whole track <laughs> as a complete piece is, yeah, one of my favourite songs on the record. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, then we move on to track 11. Yeah. Negative Ed. <laughs> I really like this song. I just like the way it's fucking straight out the gate. Da, 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 da. It's almost like a game show. Da, 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 da. You can imagine like, it's all like, you know, big and like, it's like a, almost like a sitcom. Well, do you know what I mean? Like we're talking about the game show thing. Yeah. And then, um, and it's like, you know, all the little, like again, the backing vocals doing something weirdly different. Um, and yeah, it's just, the chorus is really fucking good. Um and again, it's just like a bit silly, stupid, upbeat. Um, and I just like the way he performs all these. It's just so weird, like the choices he makes when performing this stuff. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's just weird. Um, but yeah, I really like it just because it's like, it's full of energy. It just like gives you a kick up the ass after that last song, whether you've listened to the first bit or this is the whole thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, it's kind of like, built into that celebratory pom-pomness of um 
if you like, oh, you know, negative Ed, what a dick kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's all about being positive. It's not about being negative, literally. Uh, yeah. And I'd, so I, I like it. Again, it's not like, it's not my go-to track or anything like that. But um, I'm always reinvigorated when it uh, comes on. Yeah, that is a nice summary, actually. I think I, I often kind of pass over this one or... Um doesn't really stand out to me maybe because it's a little bit more straightforward um but i think like one of the strengths of the album is the sequencing yeah and like you said it's in a good spot it makes sense like, after that long hazy end of the last track to be like brow yeah it's great i love it yeah it's just again it's still like weirdly poppy um in its own weird way uh yeah. yeah it's a good one it's a good one but i don't think there's much else you can say about it really no um <laughs> let's move on to your forte yeah track 12 Emotional sexual athletics oh athletics they call it sexual athletics. It doesn't rhyme with anything. Don't call they- it perversion, Dan. It's not. All I <laughs> wanted was a girlfriend all of my life. Uh, it's so fucking. Do- it's what we're talking about being earnest. Like, this yeah. is. There's something here, again, it's kind of like, bear in mind, he's like a 40-year-old man or whatever <laughs> um, at this point. And there's something like this kind of like teenage, like, oh dear, like it could be yeah. like a teenage boy or a teenage girl, like I'm obsessed with sex, but like, you know, oh, I just I just want to be loved kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's so cheesy to the point of almost being cloying. Yeah. But like you say, it's just done like with such seriousness, commitment to that that it it works within the context of the music. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's pretty silly. Yeah. It's, um, that's the thing. So like the first, I'd say like the first, I don't know, like most of the song basically is him to like funky, like bam, 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 bam. So like almost like a fucking black exploitation film or something. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's riffing over the top of it. Like, he wants to go to the emotional Olympics. Boo. Whatever. It's like, <laughs> yeah, because he's all like sexy. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Some kind of like James Brown kind of like stuff going, do, do, do. And that's why I like it. Because I think of this, all that fucking soul, but not quite-ness. It's kind of like picking up that vibe without actually outright doing it. Still keeping it aerial pinkish. Um, and yeah, we're totally riffing off all that stuff. Um and then, yeah, and then it, and then suddenly it fucking turns into this like cutesy little, oh, well, I don't know, our oh, shucks kind of like song, <laughs> which is just totally the antithesis of what's just come before it, which I really, really like. Um, and then it's this like nice little like ditty, um, uh, like a smaller, like more innocent kind of like poppy yeah. uh, ending to the track, which is really cool because it's not how it, like it begins it's all this like yeah, swagger yeah. to begin with and then all this like honey and sweetness <laughs> to end with um, 
which I, I really enjoy. It's a, okay. It's kind of like a fun track. I listen to it more for the experience of listening to it rather than like, I really love this song. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to play this yeah. song because I love it. It's more just like a little journey or a story almost or whatever. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just a cool kind of sound. Um, nothing more to add to what you said. So should we just wade into some jello? Let's do it. Jello, 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 jello. Jello, 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 jello. Jello, 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 jello. Jello, 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 jello. Sticky cubes of cool aid action. Liquid sky, quick satisfaction. another co-write with Kim Fowley. Mm. Um, I think this was like the second song I heard. So yeah. I was like, yeah, We're like this, give me more of it. <laughs> Such a strange, why would this be the second track? What was um, the first? First was Picture Me Gone. Okay. Which I'll talk about when we uh, get to that song. Yeah. And then I think I was just like, what should I look at next? And probably I was probably listening to it on YouTube and it's probably like the next video. Okay. It was like someone had uploaded Jello. I imagine that in my head, you would have picked it just for the title. Like you would have <laughs> hand selected it just because it said Jello and you would have been intrigued. Because I thought it was been, green Jello. Well, yeah, maybe. But I think you would have clicked on this thinking, I wonder what this is going to be. And I would imagine you had an expectation in your head when you read that title. And I bet this would have ticked that box <laughs> of what you were expecting. Absolutely. Or what you yeah. wanted to expect at least. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, yeah, it sounds silly. It's like a party, children's party gone wrong, in your face, stupid, big brash. Um, but also there's like this kind of, like I said, it's like sleaziness about it. Yeah. Kind of, Ooh. there's obviously a drug reference going on here. Mm. Yeah. So I liked that, that little bit of that element of danger. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, um, it's strangely abstract for something that shouldn't be abstract. It's like, it's robotic as well. And so like, I, I, I eat jello. So it's like almost like trying to be like an advertisement, like a jingle kind of thing. Yeah. And then, and then it would have bits like where it comes out with that weird solo, (laughs) whatever, just out of nowhere. Um, Yeah. And that solo, I love the way that this song's mixed because it, it just is so loud. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's mixed in the track. It feels like it's sitting on top of it. Yeah. And again, like, that's, if you're into that's, like really like technical production, there's a lot of stuff going on here that would probably horrify you <laughs> across this album. Yeah. But yeah, again, that's why I love about it. It's so surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. It sounds like when it comes in, it's almost like as if it's, you know, take it to like a live studio or something like that. Um, and then it goes, boom, do, 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 or whatever, like back to the uh, um, original kind of like track. Um yeah, it's weird. It's I probably to be honest, I skip it usually um, when it comes what? on. Yeah, it's just if for me, it's um, I just can't be bothered with it. <laughs> like I'll listen to it if I'm going through the album or whatever. But if it's like I'm actually paying attention, I'll probably skip it. I think the reason I saw this is because it was uh, made um, into an official music video. Okay. So that's probably why when I was checking him out for the first time, it probably popped up. Um, one of the things I like here, some of the lyrics, they make me laugh. Um, everyone eats white bread. That's why they're all dead. 
Yeah, everyone needs five, bro. That's why. That's why. Right. And like you said, when he's like, I, I, I eat jello, I, I, I eat corn, I, I, I eat jello. Before I was an embryo, that's why I was born. And then there's that little talking part. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that yeah. idea. He's like, he's somehow eating jello uh, on a on a kind of, uh, what's the word? Metaphysical level. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. Makes me think of the gar, garbo, garbanosia, whatever the fuck it's called in Twin Peaks. What? Twin Peaks? <laughs> that, that's that cream cream corn stuff that they will eat oh fucking hell yeah Jesus Christ you're knocking on a memory back then <laughs> fucking hell um, we won't go down the Twin Peaks uh, rabbit hole then no um, not, not for that not that let's, I need to see that again um, <laughs> let's move on to track 14 yes which is Black Ballerina <laughs> song i love this song what a funky bass line mm. that cool like walking bass line dun, 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 dun. yeah um i think this is a i don't know if it's my favorite one of my favorites but it's definitely like a standout track mm. it's got its very indistinct vibe yeah i think at this point into the album really cool to have like a new kind of sound and like a really catchy hook yeah um i uh <laughs> I was talking to a colleague like years ago uh, in the lift. Oh, what are you listening to? I was like, oh, I'm listening to Ariel Pink. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's really good. Uh, I'll send you a track. Uh, I sent her Black Ballerina. Why did you send that one? I, d- I just thought it was really cool. It's probably, probably the last one I was listening to. Like two and minutes of talking. I just well. thought it's really cool. Well, it, she never responded. Yeah. And then I thought, and, and she was black and... A ballerina. A <laughs> she was wearing black. a tutu in the lift. It was weird. Right. I just thought... And then there's all this stuff about talking about going to see a strip show. And a, yeah. And I, th- I maybe she thought it was inappropriate. Yeah. It's because it was, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus. Should have, should have taken your advice and sent lipstick. Yeah, exactly. At least make it like, you know, murder porn rather than, you know, porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this one is like, it's weird because it's one of the few tracks in life, I guess, where um, there's loads of talking in it, but I really, I will stick with it and I enjoy the talking. I think because it's almost like a sketch. So you've got yeah. the the Germs drummer or whatever um, who he toured with, but it also does these like little bits. Oh yeah. Um that comes in and um about taking this like innocent little boy, pink basically, to a strip club, the best strip club in LA or whatever. 
And yeah, he kind of does something inappropriate there, whatever. And then the song kind of starts. But I like the little to and fro. I like the fact that you said it's got that. That's so cool. Or whatever. And it's almost like you are watching a sketch thing. Like it's almost like there's, you know, you're watching a little skit or it's like, um, I don't know, whatever. But I really like it. I like the kind of performance of it. And and it's got some real like, just the lines that they say stand out for me. Love your areolas, baby. Yeah. Hands off, mister. Or whatever. Um, <laughs> and all this stuff. I quite like it. And then it was also a big payoff because when it goes into the actual song, the actual song is fucking great. And that chorus, Black Ballerina, whatever. I'm just yeah. saying. Um, you know, and, that, and then that David Bowie thing again, Innovators, Manufacturers, or whatever. Like he really, yeah. really is going for fucking pure David Bowie in that in those bits. Um yeah, it's but really it actually good. makes me think of a lot of that naughty, like turn of the millennium, look back kind of stuff, like Zoot Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got yeah. that vibe to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, 80s, um, no, yeah, retro. 80s nostalgia. Confident, retro. like swag. I always use the term yeah. swag, isn't right, but it is relevant. Um, in terms of you're saying things because they're cool and you can say them like that. And now it's just David Bowie yeah. again. No, no. <laughs> And it goes from David Bowie to I don't even know what this is anymore, turning to an alien. <laughs> yeah. Robbie the robot. Yeah, exactly. Um, um that baseline uh, as well, I just realized it sounds a bit like um Blame It on the Boogie by Jackson's. That's a little bit, yeah. Also reminds me of Toe Jam and L or something. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I I was I was gonna make that reference myself, but I thought I've I've used up all my Co-jammer references it. for the year. Used it up. So it I'm does sound like, it. yeah, like it's the background for like the game or something um, as you're walking bum, around. Bum, bring, bum, um, bring, bum, bring. It's great. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a cool song and a cool chorus. Um, uh, yeah, and with the talking bit, that might put people off at the beginning. So like, what the fuck is this? But um, it's worth it. It's a great song. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. We've then got track 15. Uh, like Maybe I said, there. this was the first song. I heard on the album. Actually, I think it was the first Ariel Pink song I heard. Okay. Picture me gone. Let's make a test of picture me gone um i no i can't imagine how i would do this on my own <laughs> well yeah i've had to <laughs> a few times <laughs> no. uh, um yeah what do you think about picture me gone then as your introduction to aerial pink as you said i think it's a strange one um it's uh it's not emblematic of the album as a whole is it it's very different sound very Sad, essentially a ballad. Mm. Um, but I think the first time I saw it, it wasn't the video. Mm. It was him doing it with a classroom of school kids. Excuse me? Which presumably you haven't seen. No. So that was the first, yeah, my, that was my introduction to Ariel Pink. And he's basically like gone to a school and he performs the song for the children and they're singing along as well. 
And then they ask him loads of questions about like, what's it like to write a song and be a singer <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. It's really great. Uh, so we'll have to look it up. Okay, well, uh, fair enough. And I was like, I'll be honest, it didn't hook me immediately, but there was obviously like enough of a little earworm that was then hanging around in my head. Mm. Just a little, maybe like an emotional kink. Yeah. Or a little uh, little key change or something. Yeah. I was like, I need to hear that song again. Yeah. And then I went on and I found the music video, which is really cool. And he's got all these like horrible, featureless kind of rubber masks on. Okay. And it's like these like lonely people. Okay. With these masks. Uh, it's really effective. It's quite horrible and haunting and creepy, but kind of cool. Mm. Um, yeah, and I find it really heartrending. It really works for me. And he does like big emotional like vocal Mm. like straining for that that note um but i love the idea of like this stuff about you know look for me in my look for my iphone when i'm gone yeah and you'll find like the pictures of my memories it's really sad um i think yeah like lyrically this is one of the more uh interesting and successful songs yeah yeah it's um it's interesting because it's yeah this is kind of like the ballad piece i suppose it's still quite it's epic, but it's, I, I don't know, it's quite thin, I guess, compared to like the rest of the album, the rest of the production. Mm. Um, yeah, it's never like, it never stands out, but then I can always, I can always, every time I read the title, I always hear the song in my head, obviously, because it's a, mm. you know, in the song, but it's in like, it's quite, as you were saying, there's something there that's quite um, catchy in itself. Um, yeah, I like it. It's as you said. It's quite. It's maybe it's quite personal. Um, I know he's a maybe a troubled individual. Um, mm. uh, and yeah, it's that idea of like I guess like, and a lot of people have this, and especially when you're like an angsty teen, where it's like, imagine if I was dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sound like Richie from um, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I'm dead, right? Um, <laughs> all this just gone. <laughs> Whatever, but yeah, I can imagine that's kind of like the sentiment almost behind it, even though it's quite yeah. a um, quite a sad thing. It's also weirdly um, puerile. <laughs> I don't know in its in its uh, in its own way. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's like it's, he's singing to it's like he's singing to an imagined child. As oh, well. that's right. Yeah, but imagine he, when you. That's right. Yeah, that is what it is because it's like imagine when you were five and I was thirty-one or something. Yeah, because I don't think he has any children so it's almost mm. like he's imagining himself like in another life where you know yeah. maybe he was a father and he's imagining this is what he he would the advice he would give but the advice is like <laughs> you know like really mo- really morbid yeah it's like this is what you're going to this is like the, the legacy of what you're going to pass to your child is like when i'm dead get my iPhone and you can see the pictures. Fucking yeah. hell. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not a top song, but it is quite nice. I do, I think it sits quite nicely here um, on the album as well. Yeah, it, it is a top song though. <sighs> okay. And do check out the music video, people. Um, music video, people. And the music video. Yeah. <laughs> We're nearly at the end. Yeah. Track 16, Exile on Frog Street. Yeah. Banished from the junkyard paradise. 
stuck in Vegas with my loaded dice. Looks like a vacant lot in tumbleweed. Garden tried to succeed by that highway broken down. Exile. So what did you think of that one, Sam? Exile on Frog Street. It's always, it surprises me. Again, it's just such a weird <laughs> choice. Um, but again, like we were saying with um, one of the previous songs, it's like, it's like bringing me into like its own weird cartoony world. Mm. There's just so much kind of happening and going on. And like, there's that like kind of like dreamy secret. It's just like, Whatever it is, I go back and forth. I'm like, oh, where am I going? And then, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, fuck. It's just so fucking weird. It's just really weird. Um, But strangely, like, I would imagine this would be the song that people like the least because it's so stop and start in its nature. Mm. So there's no, like, swing to it. There's no real, like, you know, rhythm. There's nothing to keep you hooked. It's very disjointed. but yeah. I quite like it. Yeah, it took a long time actually for me to see the sort of value of this song. It definitely yeah. does not hit immediately. Um, I like I like all that stuff as well. You know, like in sexual athletics, you've got some of this like silly dialogue. It's like yeah. me, the frog prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, really. yeah that's great. Um, all this fairy tale stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's another weird one. I don't know what to say about it, really. I don't know what to say about it. It is literally like a weird, like you stumbled across like some strange Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. Um, but it's strangely enjoyable. The only thing I can think of that it's similar to is um, the Beach Boys. Um, Mount Vernon and Fairway, a fairy tale, which... Right. Um, Basically, in 1973, they did this album called Holland and they right. literally all moved from California to the Netherlands. To Frankfurt. Oh, okay. And they took all their like recording equipment and like the studio and everything and, and they were like, maybe it will encourage Brian Wilson to be a bit more productive. Right. And he was just like, he got there the and he just checked out and he was like, not interested. And all I want to work on, he just wanted to sit in uh, at home and he just worked on this thing called Mount Vernon and Fairway. And it's right. it's really sad, actually, because on the surface, it sounds like kind of like this, like it's quite silly. And it's all played on these like horrible primitive synthesizers. And it's this song right. about the Pied Piper that comes out of the radio and takes the children in the night to like a magical land of music. Right. Um, but it's kind of like this man who... Like basically, he's losing uh, losing touch with reality, and he's quite sick. And it's kind of him like reminiscing about this like nostalgic period as a child that he can't he can't recover. And that is like yeah, that's the only thing that this kind of like sounds like to me. Um, But that is in Mm. in and of itself worth checking out. It's an amazing kind of like weird piece of music in like history of like mainstream rock. anything about it and they didn't want it on the album and the only way basically like the concession was they had it as a seven inch ep so it kind of sat alongside the lp they were like we don't want it on the record (laughs) this is not what our record is going to be 
Yeah. So yeah, no. if you like odd, odd stuff, that's a nice little tip. Beach. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What do you think XL Frog Street is actually about then? <sighs> Just some being a bit different fairy tale reimaginings with him at the center of a love story. I suppose. Okay. Interesting. Why? What do you think? Interesting. I've no idea. Don't know. Obviously, there's a play um, on Exile on Main Street. Yeah, uh, true. I don't think that's too much to read into. Yeah, maybe it's just poking fun. Simple as that. So, Sam, we're at the culmination yeah. of the album. 17. Yes. The fabulous Dazed in Daydreams. <laughs> Died alone, still born one morning. Letters on paper, they remain. At last, my work is done. The picture's gone, but the memory lingers on. Farewell, this one's for you. I used to dream. Do you like this song? Yeah, it's a strange one to close out on. Um, It's, again, quite light and nice to listen to and poppy. Um, It's kind of like after X on Frog Street, it's kind of like brought it back to what the album is actually all about, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, but yeah, I quite like it. What about you? I love it. I, I think it's a really good closer. Um, I think it's it's a lot more conventional than most of the stuff here. Yeah. It's got a kind of uh, like heroic kind of vibe to it. Like it starts out kind of, it's like, uh, like understated. And then it kind of like grows to that big chorus of like, I yeah. used to dream, dream. And then in the break, there's like a cool, like kind of like jazzy kind of like funk guitar breakdown. And then it kind of like comes back all like energetic. Um, yeah. And it's all about that, isn't it? It's like someone who sounds like they're kind of like down on their luck and now they're like coming back. Um, and then it kind of like just fades yeah. at the end. It feels like quite a sort of like, again, like 1970s kind of like classic rock kind of mm. like vibe to end an album on, like an Eagles record or something. Yeah, um, Fleetwood Mac or something like that. But it is very, yeah, exactly. It is very got cheesy still like cheesy 80s pop sound in there. And this was one of the songs I, again, I played to someone to introduce them to Ariel Pink and they hated it. They were like, I can't believe you like this. It's like so, it's awful. Because they just heard that like, Mm. to them it was like cheesy, cheesy production sound. Which if you're just like used to listening to, I don't know, like rock music or jazz or whatever, you might hear that and go, it just sounds puerile and stupid and like, I miss all of the intricacies of what's going on underneath it. Yeah. I think that's what happened. But then later on, she went, oh, actually, you were right. So that was very validating. <laughs> that it, it is great, and you are great, and your opinion is right. Um, and you got married. Well, no, but um, we bumped into her then at uh, that aerial paint at the Heaven gig. I didn't realize she was going. You and me? Yeah. I... Don't oh. <laughs> I was like, I thought you, I thought you didn't like it. She's like, no. Turns out you were right. She was at the gig. Yeah, so that was great. So you showed her a song, 
And then like, what, months later or something, she fucking, she's at one of his gigs yeah, yeah, yeah. after saying how awful it was. Like a year later. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, no, well, good on her. You know, that's, that's how, you know, things happen. You spread the word and yeah. people got on. It's a, Yeah, it is a great song. You're right. It's like having that, again, it's like that yearning, that kind of melancholic chorus thing. It's, you know, yeah, you put it quite nicely the fact like someone like bouncing back and then, yeah, you've got this kind of like, I need it alone or whatever, like the acoustic guitar. Like it's all like, it's like a Wrigley's spearmint Exactly. It's really weird. And then, yeah, this big kind of more contemporary kind of chorus, but yet not at the same time. Yeah. It's a nice, like big kind of closer, but still keeping to that tone of what's just come before if there could be a tone for this album um yeah it's a great closer that's what i mean like i'm looking at the track listing here and i'm like each one of these just is fucking i'm kissing my fingers here (laughs) sniffing and licking and kissing (laughs) love each one of these and i could go back i could easily go back and go back to do 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 and start the whole thing again and go straight back in Yeah. And go on another journey through Ariel Pink's fucking manic brain, which I love to unwrap myself and <laughs> jump around. Um, yeah. It's great. Brilliant album. It is a brilliant album. Um, just, God, if you don't know this album, just get stuck in. Yeah. Go, I've, I, honestly, I'm jealous. I know like people say this about certain things, but I'm honestly really jealous of people that would just be like, what's this? Like, I might stick this on and then like, do you understand you've got 17, 17 fucking tracks of amazingness yep. to kind of you know, see you through. And even if you have listened to this album, on top of that, you've still got loads of other albums that he's done that are still like fucking great. Like if you could hit all his like main out, like so you yeah, hit before today, hit um, Bobby Jameson and all this. Um, and those are, you know, I would probably say this is, my favorite still but those are like up there like if you remember i did my i think ariel peak um dedicated to Bobby jameson was my number two album of, <laughs> um the 2010s i might be mistaken it's number two or three i think um i believe uh so yeah you know i think was it maybe it was idols but it was definitely up it's there. high up there um high up yeah that is glowing that is glowing mm. Um, yeah. What about you, Dan? What's your what's your final impressions? I guess of this this album. What do you think? Towering, towering achievement. Um, I really do think there's nothing quite like it. Uh, like I said, love the songs, but for me, it's like all that really creative uh, production that's going on, and like the sheer energy and kind of like love and attention that's gone into that into you know creating all these weird and surprising uh textures and sounds that they're constantly uh surprise you know they're constantly like um undermine what you expect mm. and yeah i cannot listen to this album for a few months i can put it on and i can forget little details and they'll like wow me all over again yeah so it's got longevity as well this record in my opinion yeah definitely like each each fucking track has like six different hooks or yeah. something like that. And each one of those is a high quality hook that sometimes you don't even find on one fucking album. You get a entire album of shit and you're like, there's nothing here that's going to hook me in. There's not one fucking earworm. There's not one thing which is interesting. 
And then this has, yeah, like six per fucking track. And you've got 17 tracks. Yeah. Um, think about it. Do the math. You do the yeah. math. <laughs> That's a lot of bang for your buck, people. Exactly. Yeah, go out there and get it. Well, that's what um, we right. think about it. Um, but what do other people think about it in the reviews? I hate it. So usually I like to go for the real shit stirrers at the bottom of the barrel on Amazon, but um, I've actually gone to a few legitimate reviews here um, that I thought were quite uh, insightful, actually. Um, okay. So the AV Club stated yeah. that the album feels at times more like a singles collection than a cohesive yes. album, which yeah. isn't to its detriment. Yes, it's true. It's like that thing of like, you know, by hopping all over the place and giving you a little bit of a taster of everything, like a, like a yeah. smorgasbord. It's actually... Yeah, you imagine this is someone who's like looking back on their career with all different... They've experimented with all different types of sounds and in different decades and different genres when it's not. I feel. Um, Then Spin said, Mm. it's a record that's as full of unforgettably kaleidoscopic melodies as it is surreal shout-outs to Dolly Parton and Kurt Cobain. Pom Pom is just about Mm. as beautiful of a mess as Pink himself. No need to get personal. Yeah. No, to, to be fair, calling it a beautiful mess is, I think, quite apt. Yeah, no need to call him a beautiful mess, though. I mean, he's not beautiful. Yeah. He's a mess. <laughs> uh, um, the way Pink zigs and zags on Pom Pom can be dazzling or confusing, depending on listeners' patience. In its own way, it's one of the best representations of what makes his music fascinating and occasionally frustrating. Now, that's all music. Yeah, I think that's fair, okay. actually. Yeah. Um, you know, no, some pe- this just might not be for you, some people. Yeah. But that's part of why I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's like a good fan service album, actually. It rewards, if you, <laughs> if you get all the kind of like references it's making, those musical references and you like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I think, especially if you've got that, what do they call it? Hypno- hypnagogic pop, that nostalgic aspect. Okay, I don't know. It's going to pay. It's going to pay off. Saying. <laughs> okay. Um, one last one. The Observer. This was Kitty Empire writing for The Observer. The unevenness of Bon Pom is a stumbling block. Even allowing leeway for lysergic non completely fucked this. Oh my god! Can't even read it. Let me try again. It's probably how she's written it. It's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kitty. it's not me. I'm not saying it wrong. You writ it wrong. You writ it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect use of the English language. <laughs> the unevenness of pom pom is a stumbling block. Yes. Even right. allowing leeway for lysergic non linearity what does lysergic mean like druggy okay okay um oh that was it. i mean that's yeah, it i mean whatever yeah it's not some it's not a stumbling block no that's the thing is like sometimes i think okay i don't know maybe it's an age thing as well like when you get used to hearing things that are just cohesive and 
you know, oh, he wanted to make this album because it's the whole album is a concept album or like, yeah, we were listening to a lot of Blur at the time. So we made an album like Blur, which I love sometimes in its own way. But sometimes I'm like, I want something that's just going to fucking mix all those up in a tumble. I want to see what comes out, which Ariel Pink does a lot. And um, especially in this album. And for someone, it's just too much, man. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take it. But there's an element where it's like, you know, okay, yeah, hopefully you'll be, you'll have enough of your like, you know, albums that hit that one note and like, which, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you'll get to a point where you feel saturated and you're like, I just want to fucking listen to something. And that's like, we were talking about this the other day, we were talking about like um, noise music and all this stuff where it's like, I just want to listen to something that's maybe like just pure chaos. That's like yeah. not, um, that's not necessarily like, easy listening on the ears that has like mainstream appeal or that you know something everyone could enjoy fucking whatever sometimes i'm just like oh this is something that's just gonna fuck my world up a little bit because i just want something different because i'm old and (laughs) i'm sick of listening to the same shit again and again day in day out um so yeah i don't know that's what's uh surprising about this review from an amazon buyer Mm. uh two stars strange and strangely boring um, mm. very strange stuff, pretty whimsical in places. And I have to say, I didn't really enjoy it much in the end. Ultimately, after two listens, I was bored. So I'm surprised. I don't, I'm surprised at that. Cause I don't think, I, I don't, I think it's the antithesis of boring yeah. to a point where someone could say there's too much going on. Um, sounds like they just weren't able to penetrate it and engage it with it. Yeah, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think you can call it boring. Um, one, I mean, like, unless you listen to like the first, the thing is, if you listen to like the first, I mean, if it's the whole album twice, I don't know how you can call that boring unless you're not listening to yeah. it. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's weird. Maybe. What was he expecting? Maybe he confused he, it with he, an album he, by Pink. Yeah, true. I mean, was he honestly listening to it going like, oh, typical? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> oh, I knew it was going to do that. Like, what the fucking world are you on? Uh, one more um two stars yeah. irritating garbage infantile shades of elvis costello on viagra well i'm, I'm not too much of an elvis costello fan that i would be able to know what he'd be like on viagra <laughs> I, to be honest i think the fact that it's like saying it's like juvenile <laughs> and a mess i'm like yeah all right. yeah I, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree with that more than the last one like if you don't like it it's cool yeah well, some, um, sometimes some of those songs, like we've like we said, sometimes they go out of their way to sort of be a bit precocious and puerile. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's what, the it's the Elvis Costello on Viagra bit I wasn't sure about. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. Um, I just don't listen to Elvis Costello. I always think when people say like, "Oh, he's like one of the great music," I'm like, "What's he?" I honestly don't know. I've, I'm trying to think of like I know I know some Elvis Costello tracks. Yeah. I'm having trouble thinking of one, <laughs> and I, I'm having trouble. Um, Thinking of like what this influence he's supposed to have had. There's yeah. some good stuff. I've actually got about six of his LPs now. Um, right. I think a lot of his best work isn't isn't that well known. But okay. um, I'm just not aware of it. I just no, don't, don't know. No, it exactly. Yes, he's had a handful of singles, but most of it's all album stuff. But I'm just worried. I'm not worried, but I'm I'm curious. Sorry, because this reviewer doesn't have a name. It just says Amazon customer. So I'm thinking, okay. who actually would know what Elvis Costello on Viagra is like? Is this Elvis Costello's wife? <laughs> God. 
Well, that's if you're that's if you're being nice. Yeah, it could just be a, a groupie. No, it could be his son or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's end there before we uh, drift into the the world of um, legal issues. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, let's go to Nerd's <laughs> Corner because uh, okay. it's nice there. Let's luxuriate in the nerdiness. Right, this is an album that we both own on LP because mm. it's a fun one to own. It's a double album for a start. And yeah. it's in that nice big old pink jacket yeah. um, with the word pom-pom on the front, embossed in yeah. black with all that nice glitter in it. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, it's a nice looking album. Tactile thing. It's... Mm. Get your hands on it. It is. <laughs> Give it a rub, yeah, pour over it. Um, I didn't have it on LP until... It was a few years in after it come out. So I was already mm. like, this is one of my favourites. So it was really cool when I got it, actually, because there's all these drawings by uh, Ariel Pink inside. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I'd noticed yeah, when I've got it, so I only got this, I only got it last year or whatever. But um, yeah, looking through it, I was like, oh, this is nice. This is cool. Nice little extra bit, which didn't even existed. I forgot to say, when we went to see him live, he was selling the lyrics, wasn't he, to the album? Do you remember? Like, and he'd be like, oh, hand sign them for whatever. And I think, oh, fucking, you know, how are we to know? Like, I would have liked that. But he must have just done it for that tour or something because I haven't seen anything about it since. What were they? Were they printed booklets or? We didn't see them. We didn't go over and I don't even think we went over to look. Oh, man. That's a shame. Yeah, Yeah, it's a shame. Um, Did you know, Sam, the, the Japanese CD? Extra tracks. Not on the disc, but... It came with a limited digital download, which ended December 2015. So you could get it for a year. Uh, Bonus track, Heaven Knows What. Okay. Um, I've got it. I did. I got it somehow, got hold of it, but um, I I can't remember it. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I think he then later, it's quite a long song. It's nearly eight minutes long. Um, I think he later re-recorded it for some sort of like, film projects that then I don't know if, even know if that came out but yeah. I think it's on a seven inch single but yeah I think that's a different version so um there's a little track for you to uh root out Sam if you want to go to that extra if you want to go that extra mile of nerdiness you can consider it almost the 18th well. hole in the uh in the pink pom-pom well, I'll tell you what Dan knowing that I haven't listened to it heaven knows I'm miserable now <laughs> Uh, what a sad note to end this uh, episode. There we go, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it was good that it was, reminiscing about good old Ariel Pink. Um, God, it's a long one, isn't it? Uh, but I hope everyone enjoyed having a, having a, listen, <laughs> having a listen to that, because, yeah, it is truly um, one of our uh, favourite favorite albums. It is, it is. Um, and, yeah, do recommend uh, checking it out. And, yeah, as, as we were saying before, um, just yeah. go through his body of work. You've got, there's tons, like I haven't even listened to it all. No, like, there's likewise. tons of shit there. Some of it, to be honest, some some of it, the smaller stuff, demo shit, whether near unlistenable, yeah. <laughs> to be to be brutally honest. Um, but it's all there. And there's, there's songs that you'll, that are like track six of 25 on some forgotten album thing that was some, that suddenly makes a, as Dan was saying, suddenly makes a reemergence on some other 
um, album has been, it's been knocked about and tidied up and produced a bit thicker. And then you realize that there was a nugget of a song there all along. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dive in and enjoy the aerial pink and don't listen to what people say on social media. It's all about the music, man. Um, yeah, do give it a listen because, uh, yeah, you will not regret it, I don't think, anyway. Um, and that's it, I guess. Yeah, peace out, Odd Squad. Hope you enjoyed the uh, pom-pom. Yeah, pom-pom out. Bye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 